Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. Additionally, I founded the consultancy P&N Pricing and Negotiations in Healthcare based in Toronto, Canada, which supports companies and individuals globally by coaching, simulations and training, especially on negotiations. This service is including our innovative virtual reality simulation program and is part of the Negotiation Lab. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. So another big time for the podcast, uh, again with Ron de Graff, one of the reimbursement veterans, I would say, at least in Europe. Welcome, Ron. And maybe you could give a quick intro to yourself for all of the guys who do not yet know you. Uh, that's okay. Thank you for the opportunity, Stefan. Uh, I like to talk with you about, about the issues. And for me, uh, I started in healthcare quite some time ago in uh, 1978. In 85, I started a company helping companies with reimbursement issues. In the 80s, it was not really an issue, but it was a growing issue. And we help companies to understand how to do business with health insurance companies and with the government. And since 1985, a lot of things has changed. Mm. And uh, in those days, it was quite easy to do this. But today, it is very difficult because also the other parties, health insurance companies or insurance companies do know that they have to spend a lot of money for healthcare and they want not to spend so much money as that we want them to spend. So it is always a discussion and we like to do that. And for your information, Stefan, since 1985, we have helped more than 900 or 1,000 companies with reimbursement, big companies, small companies, even the government, we help to understand the, the market for medical technology and medical devices. We made reports for the Ministry of Health. We made reports for the Ministry of Finance uh, also and other institutions of our government. So, yeah, we did something in this market. Quite a bit, Ron, quite a bit. And obviously, since 1985, I was also growing up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that I didn't know. I know. <laughs> you might not have recognized, but I no. did. <laughs> But uh, yeah, probably we were one of the first, uh, especially in the Netherlands, we were the first to, to work on this kind of issues. And uh, we've seen a lot of uh, companies uh, we've worked for. And due to the fact that we are independent, so we are not bound to one or other company and we don't have shares in companies, we didn't want that. Yeah. Independent. And we have also been, or I have also been the chairman of an organization of manufacturers of medical technology. Uh, I've been the chairman of the umbrella organization of manufacturers of medical technology. I've been the chairman for quite some time of a dentist organization. I've been the chairman of a patient organization and been the chairman of whatsoever. That's the problem when you're independent. Everybody asks you to be a chairman. And yeah, it's good for the relations and it's also good for your network uh, to do this kind of things for free or sometimes they pay, but it's okay. Exactly. So we good. know a little bit. Uh, the players in, in healthcare. Which is important. I mean, uh, as you said, I think knowing the players, knowing the stakeholders is yeah. very important, especially when you want to find your pathway through the sometimes kind of reimbursement jungle. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah one, one thing, question. You you didn't ask me what did you do before 1985? No, before 1985, <laughs> I worked as insurance companies. So I have been uh, doing a lot of issues for healthcare savings uh, negotiations with healthcare providers. So first I worked on the other side with health insurance companies. So that's why I made the turn to the industry to help them how to do business with insurance companies. What I did the day before in 1985. So that's my background. Very good, very good. And I think you, you brought in already a very good bridge. I mean, how to, let's say, help uh, industry in order to get reimbursement slash funding for their new products. And um, I mean, we both know because we have as well had a bit of a deeper look on a an analysis, which I think was also done within the Netherlands, that a vast majority of startups, if we start quite early now, that whole kind of process, uh, might be failing, right? And they might not just be failing because of not being able to, let's say, develop a product itself, but it might also be failing just commercially. Can you maybe shed a bit of light into that kind of issue and what the kind of real kind of discussion around that is, especially in those early days? Yeah, it, it has been a study done by the University of Nijmegen quite some time ago, a few years ago. And the study is gone. You can't find it anymore. And uh, <laughs> But it was concluded that exactly 91% of startup companies didn't reach the market. And uh, especially in the last part, when we were talking about reimbursement, they failed. Uh, and if they had known before, they could have done it in another way. And the failures are often that they have the wrong evidence or not adequate evidence. Uh, the failure is also that they didn't foresee that the reimbursement process takes some time and that you need a lot of information in the process. But you also have to be aware that you have comp competitors. There are already products in the market and uh, people are already doing something. And then when you're coming with a new product, you have to realize that when it is more or less the same uh, effect, uh, then you will have the same price and maybe it's not the price you wanted so that you have also to stop or your product is or service is inferior, then they don't want it, or it is superior and you want a higher price and that's not possible or you need to negotiate. And then it is good to know in an early phase, in your development phase, where your product will land and what is the possible price and is there a possible reimbursement decision? Uh, what do you need to have a positive decision? Who do you need? Uh, we're going to help you. And the earlier you know, the better you can prepare. Because when your product is ready, your packaging is done, your CE is, is, is given, and then you're going to talk about reimbursement, that you can't change anything anymore, that it is as it is. But if you start earlier, even before you have your CE, you can, you can change things. You can say, okay, my intention was, but if you look to the market, it might be better in this way or in that way. The idea how you sell it is, is, is very interesting. And what we often see, and that this is a big mistake, and a lot of companies are telling, this is an innovation. This is really new. And when it is really new, then you know that everybody in the whole stream of organizations who will be involved, everyone says, okay, you are new. Then I want to know everything. But if you're telling, no, it's new, but it's not an innovation. It's already existing. This is an improvement of the existing situation. Oh, it's an improvement. Oh, we know it already. Then it's much easier. So how you how do you present it? 
But yeah. that's also based on the information you gather in the, in the early phase. And then you know how people will react. Then you know what you have to deliver. Then you know what your chances are. And that makes life much easier. If you start too late, it always takes one to two years. Even if you start earlier, it takes one to two years. If you start late, it also takes one to two years. But the earlier you know, the easier is it in your discussion with the people who are financing you. It's the easier it is in the discussion with the people who are working for you. And it is easier in the discussion with the potential users, the doctors, the patient organization, because then you know what you're talking about and the chance of success is much higher. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's the case. Start as early as possible. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the, you know, I think you just brought in the CE mark. So maybe we can focus a bit on medical devices or med tech in, in general, which I think it's maybe also a bit, maybe easier to, to let's say, digest or to foresee when thinking about, um, let's say, development and then also kind of commercialization, right? I think drugs are a bit different, big investors and whatever, but I think the whole thing also applies to them. Anyhow, a lot of times, at least when you see startups, you have, let's say, quite knowledgeable brains behind. A lot of times it's more medical guys, engineers, I don't know, IT persons whatsoever. So how, how could one make sure that, let's say, those entrepreneurs also know and also, let's say, plan then appropriately for reimbursement? Because obviously it's not out of their nature, right? It's like, you know, I would need to think about every day when I wake up about, I don't know, something very medical, right? I'm an economist, right? I You know, in the meantime, I always know what where to look for and whatever, but... If I'm a startup, I need basically to first of all develop a product, right? So how how could one make sure that they really take it into consideration, especially very early? Where I agree that that's really a problem because we don't speak the same language. We we are talking about reimbursement and everything related to that, and they are talking about the product and the techniques and and all the things, and, and we are not speaking the same language, and that's a problem that we have to bridge and. Uh, we can't be in that company because we don't have the time for that and they can't afford that. All those startup companies can't afford a person just being there for reimbursement issues that, that doesn't work. But I think that that is a challenge. Uh, how are we able to talk with startup companies and, and tell them that it is necessary to do the CE work properly, of course, that they understand? Yeah. After the CE, you will have to, to do the discussion, the negotiations, the preparations for the reimbursement. And that's a complete different job. And that, of course, we do for a lot of companies. They say in an early phase, can you help us? And, and, and we assist them and, and making a, a short report about, we call it the market access report or quick scan, how do you call it, to give information about how the system works, what they can expect, what they have to deliver, where they can find the information and what they can do with the information. And then also, it's also a part we often do is a short introduction about healthcare reimbursement. What is it? So that you have a little bit of understanding. And then we see that I don't talk their language and they don't talk my language. And yeah, we have to bridge that because if they don't do it, they're losing time and losing time. Each month you're not having a reimbursement costs money. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I agree. Maybe bring it a bit more to life for maybe especially listeners out of the startup area. I mean, when we say you need to think about it and you need to, let's say, take payers, let's say, views into considerations, you know, ultimately, I mean, 
we probably also have heard quite a lot of times also from the C levels of uh, medtech companies. But you know, we work on the let's say to get the CE mark, um, and once that is done, we will first of all see, and secondly, we might already have anyway everything available. It's the same as sometimes you know when we ask. Uh, let's say about the clinical evidence, right? We normally just hear the kind of uh, feedback. Yes, of course we have it. Yeah. But what, what, what is, what, I mean, maybe just explain quickly, let's say the difference between a clinical evidence and a clinical evidence for payers. Yeah, payers, uh, payers are only interested in, in spending money for solutions, which really helps. And if there's a clinical evidence, it's okay. It is it's for granted, but they need, of course, clinical evidence because they don't want to pay for products which doesn't fulfill the requirements, etc. It is also in the Netherlands. I don't know in other countries yet, but in the Netherlands, it's mandatory to uh, to have, of course, clinical evidence uh, from a certain uh, RCTs based on RCTs, probably by preference published RCTs, etc. And they need to have information about efficacy. Uh, they need to have information about cost effectiveness. They need to have information about the budget impact. They need to have information about the quality of life and all those kinds of things. They need it to to become to to a certain decision, and that that's mandatory. But yeah, uh, that's a lot of work that has to be done. We have had a project in the Netherlands. A company started in 2010 uh, with a submission for a reimbursement and they had some evidence and the evidence was reacted because it was not good. So they started again with studies, took another three to four years and in 2014 they came back with the new evidence and then the institute said, oh, nice evidence, but we have changed the rules so we need to have more information, go back, do another study. At the end of the day, 2019, nine years later, they get the final decision. They got the final decision. Yes, this is reimbursable based on the evidence. Because what a lot of people think that everything is stable, but authorities and the governments are changing the rules almost daily. So you think you know it, and you turn around, and three months later, it's already different. And the demands are higher. We see today that you have also different information about environment. Uh, it's also now mandatory. What is your product doing in the environment? They're also asking, uh, how is your company funded? Is it public money or is it private money? They're also asking, what are your profits? You don't want to give them, but they're also asking, what are your profits? If it is too high, oh, you want to negotiate, etc. So authorities or insurance companies are asking much more than three years ago. And after three years, they will ask really much more. But if you're in a process and you're not aware of all those changes because you started once and that is your thinking that you're doing, all these things are changing, then you're in the in the wrong way. And then, then you will see that you deliver something. You no, know, we are not asking for that. We are asking for this and this isn't. So go back and uh, take care that you deliver the right information. And that's very, very difficult to understand. And also for us to, to tell to the companies, be aware almost every day that you check Am I still in the right track? Am I still doing the right thing? Am I now going to deliver the right studies with the right endpoints? Did I give enough attention to the environment? Did I write enough about the waste? Did I, whatever, mm. that is changing. And that really, for most of the companies, is not possible to, 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 to have this 
information in-house by people. And I give you an example. I started in the 90s with a big pharmaceutical company who never did negotiations with insurance companies. And there was one guy and I trained him to understand the system. What should you do? What shouldn't you do? And he said, okay, now I do understand market access and what is needed. This company in the Netherlands has now 31, 31, 31, 31 persons on the department market access reimbursement. That's a lot. In the Netherlands, right? Yeah. Only, only for the Netherlands. Exactly. Only for Benelux, only for the Netherlands. And market access reimbursement is, of course, big. It's also visiting doctors or doctors' organizations who are involved in the process of market access. Uh, that's a lot. And they can afford it, big pharma. But for a medtech company with one new product every two years or whatsoever, they can't afford to have a department in-house with the know-how of reimbursement, et cetera. So they have to be aware that they have to buy somewhere else this kind of information or via other routes to have this information available. And that's, yeah, that's really a challenge for a lot of companies. And, yeah. and it makes it very difficult. But one credo we always say, no reimbursement, no market. And that, that's for sure. We have seen in the past that a lot of companies said, oh, no reimbursement, I go to the consumer market. But you only will have 10% of the market you could have when you had the full reimbursement, the 100%. So reimbursement is really necessary to have a proper reimbursement. Otherwise, you can forget it. And then you are back in a situation 91% of the startup companies doesn't come to the end and fails before they have the reimbursement. Exactly, exactly. Which is bringing us basically back to the very early beginning of the talk, right? I think the link basically between reimbursement planning and commercial success. So I think, um, especially, let's say, the kind of understanding, would you have now just as well referred to around, let's say, the, the clinical evidence package? So which kind of trial might a payer maybe yes. kind of accept and also obviously the kind of current least regulation of reimbursement is at least needed. Maybe I would rather say at least once and then update it continuously. Obviously the, let's say, I would say the more far you're away from submission, I think the more top level also the information could probably be, but you need to know it. I think that's important. The other thing is obviously, I think you brought it up as well a, a bit yeah. uh, earlier around let's say, the current environment, the current level of reimbursement, all of that kind of stuff, where you also brought in innovation versus kind of improvements. And improvements could maybe mean there is already code available, but then it's rather the question, do we get maybe the same kind of reimbursement amount or how could we get maybe an on top uh, or additional kind of reimbursement where I would say that's also an important consideration to know where and which kind of levels you currently have. Even if you have innovation, I would say, um, you would at least need to understand where the kind of cost structure in the disease area you're currently acting in is. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And, and uh, give you another example. We see often that startup companies, but also other companies, said, oh, we have a distributor and he will solve the problem of the reimbursement. And then we say always, okay, do it. It's your show, so do it. But we will warn you because... If the distributor knows the system, if he knows the system, and often you see distributor doesn't do the whole process for reimbursement, but if he will do the reimbursement for you, he knows the system and you don't know it, and you don't have the knowledge, you pay a very high price. And you are bound by a distributor who will have the reimbursement on his name and not on your name. And then you're bound to him and you can't do anything else than doing business with him. So you're not free anymore. So we always 
do understand what reimbursement is, do understand the system, do understand the coding process, do understand what has to be delivered to have a reimbursement before doing business if you want with a distributor, because he knows, he probably knows, and you don't. No, then you're in a very bad negotiation situation. But okay, it's, it's up for the companies, but uh, in, in daily practice, Fortunately, we see that a lot of startup companies are willing to understand the system if they are able to find it. If they are, if we, if we give them the tools to do it, they are willing to do so because they do understand that having it in own hands and not in third hands from a distributor or another company, but having it in own hands is the best solution because then you make your own decisions. Especially for Europe, uh, we have a lot of countries in Europe and they have all different systems. Uh, so it is also a challenge to find the right country because if, if I'm a Dutch company, you will not say that here in the Netherlands is the best reimbursement situation. Uh, often we see also that it's that probably the same for other countries. A lot of Dutch companies want to go to Germany. Yeah, why Germany? Big country. Yeah, but why? Maybe Spain is better or France is better. Or they want to go to France and they say, oh, why do you want to go to France? Yeah, it's a nice holiday country and uh, I love the wine. And <laughs> it's a good reason. It's, of course, a good reason. <laughs> but it is better to prepare by having knowledge of, about those systems, about what is the timelines, what do they, do they want, which institutions are involved, what do I have to do, what will be the cost before you make the decision going to another country. But often people decide, no, no, Germany, big country, we will go. Okay, now go ahead, up to you. But having the knowledge, that is the most important things. Know what is expected from you. Yeah. You can only give an answer when you know what they want to know. Exactly. I mean, you, you brought up another very important thing, right? I mean, especially if you look into, or let's say across Europe, I mean, there's not one language, right? I mean, we can kind of all speak English, but ultimately I would say the at least big majority of data, data sets, information are just available in local language. So how, yes. how, what would you then recommend to a startup, right? I mean, independent whether they're maybe starting in the Netherlands or in Belgium or in Germany, I think you have that kind of issue. Find a code in France or find a code in Portugal. I mean, yeah. how would they do that? That's just really a problem. And you need to have a local person because the submission in the Netherlands has to be done in Dutch. And I think in Germany and German uh, and in uh, France in the French language and, and so on and so on. And it also, and, and you also need to know which institution is important uh, for me, and which person working in that institution is important for me. What is the role and the influence of my users, the doctors or the hospitals? What is the role and the influence of the patient, of patients' organizations, if any? All those issues are also relevant to, to have an understanding. But coming back to that, uh, if you do not know what is required, if you do not know what to do, uh, then it is one mystery uh, for you or for the company. It is one mystery about how do I get a reimbursement? And how are you able to learn? How are you able to know what is needed? Now, I think that that uh, information about what is the weight of your and the value of the evidence you have where can I find the codes, which codes are available, which prices are known, uh, the number of patients, etc. And also what is the pathway 
to reimbursement? What do I have to do? Where do I have to go? What do I have to submit? What do I have to write? What are the forms? Where can I find the form? Etc. That is important to know. And then you can prepare your reimbursement strategy. And if you're doing it yourself or using it to a person to have it done by you, okay, all choices. But if you don't know what to do, then you can't make choices. That's that. That's so true. That's so true. So, so I mean, um, maybe even taking it a, a bit further. And no, you know, if you don't have, let's say, a real case, it sounds a bit more theoretical. But just assuming we would have, let's say, for I don't know, maybe say five, six, seven different countries, the information available, right? Top level, maybe, right? So, I mean, how or let's say, what would be the kind of key um, decision criteria for you to really decide? which maybe one or two countries to focus on, especially as, you know, startups cannot focus on all different countries at the same time. Uh, there are a lot of things to, 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 to think about. Uh, first of all, is it reimbursed in the country? Is the disease known and, and accepted? Is, is our services offers? Uh, is the willingness of hospitals, of doctors to use new techniques or new materials available? How is the attitude? There are a lot of things to know uh, before choosing a certain country. And of course, I think that, that the big EU5 is, is always favorable because uh, yeah, big countries and, and, and well-known procedures. But uh, yeah, how do you come to a choice? Uh, we know that uh, for certain products, the, the Scandinavian countries are, are very good to start. Uh, we know that also in the private market, uh, Spain is a good country to start. Uh, France is also investing in, in certain diseases. They're also a good country to start, depending on the disease. Of course, uh, Germany is good because also the procedures are known. And the Netherlands is also willing to have innovative products and services available. But yeah, it's very difficult to make a choice. And, and, and then in, in those situations and that we do often for, for clients, we do a certain quick scan in four, five, six countries on, on, on certain issues. And then we come to the conclusion, or you can come yourself to the conclusion, if you have the data available, this country is my favorite country to start. And this is the second or the third one based on this criteria. And the, and the criteria differ, of course, per product of service. Are you offering a service? Are you offering a product for the inpatient market or the outpatient market? Is it a pharmaceutical product? Is it a medtech product? Is it an implant? Is it a difficult product with a lot of training? Or is it just an over-the-counter product? It differs, it differs, it differs. So there is not one solution. And yeah, that makes this uh, very, very Nice to work in this area, but also for the companies themselves who are developing products, it's very difficult to, to, to go on. And that's why 90% is dying before they are going to the market. 91%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was 91%. So, and I think maybe just a bit of a marketing block here, right? I mean, we have also developed uh, um, an artificial intelligence for that kind of early reimbursement planning, where we basically have a, I would say, a solution for those countries where the information coding or the information on general kind of payer acceptance of the evidence package and also the top level reimbursement path is available basically at, at the fingertips, right? It's available within a couple of seconds. Um, and I mean, we have worked quite a lot of times in those areas where first developed different questionnaires, a lot of big kind of questionnaires just to find a systematic behind it, et cetera. But I think that's maybe as well something which could be as well useful and i could imagine that i think there might be further 
solutions in the next one, two, three, four, five years, as well, given the kind of developments in the area of artificial intelligence and other kind of areas, right? Yeah, I can understand. Yes, it will be very helpful. And, and if it is not too expensive and affordable for startup companies, because they often don't have a lot of money available, or maybe if support organizations are helping them, uh, etc. But I think it, it, it would be very helpful. Uh, today, it is uh, quite a threshold because it is quite expensive to have a report from a consulting company about, uh, yeah, tell me more about this market, but it will cost you quite some money and you can't afford it often. But if this tool makes it possible to give information on a short note, quite quick, not too expensive, uh, quite accurate. Uh, also, if it is, uh, and that's very important, if it is the information of today, uh, if, if, if a consultant, if we write a report, it is with the information of today. And in January, you can throw it away because everything changed already. But if you are able to deliver the information to date, that would be very helpful. And if it is not too, too, too difficult for people who doesn't understand the reimbursement system and do not have the knowledge, but if it is understandable to work with, I think that would be very helpful. No, no, fully agree. Absolutely. So we're basically coming towards the end out of your experience what would be the one or maybe maximum of two things you would recommend a startup for example if a startup person an entrepreneur is just meeting you you know just shortly before you need to jump on a plane and uh, that person maybe going somewhere else so maybe very short time and they you know he's just recognizing you and just asking you what yeah. should i do what is the key aspect i should consider as a startup entrepreneur yeah, understand the system from the market you want to go to and also try to find out if your product is, is accepted, it will be accepted in the market and if it is reimbursable. That is the most important thing. If the product is not reimbursable, you'd better stop. Or you have to focus on the consumer market, but the consumer market is a completely different market with completely different uh, requirements, etc. But that would be my, my first remark. Make some time to understand, is my product reimbursable or not? And what do I have to do? And if you come to the conclusion quite quick, it is not reimbursable, please don't spend any time, any money. But if it is reimbursable, go on and uh, prepare for the whole process and for the submission and, and et cetera, et cetera. That would be my advice. Because we see that a lot of people spend time and money for, for a no. And okay. that makes sense today. Exactly. exactly. I fully agree. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Ron. I think it was yeah. a pleasure as always. Good fun to speak to you. Get a lot of insights also from your experience. So looking forward to our next kind of endeavors. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, okay. The next time we're talking about some uh, real experiences with companies, the failures and the good things, but we'll <laughs> see. Perfect. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Another great session this time with Ron de Graaf. I mean, as already said in my introductory words, a real veteran in terms of reimbursement and market access, with obviously a lot of experience in the Netherlands, but he has also worked and advised various payers and industry um, for various countries across Europe, but also across the world. I think very important, again, I think just to summarize this for sure, early reimbursement planning is key, independent whether you are in a drug or in a medtech kind of company. You need to understand the environment, including, let's say, the more top-level acceptability of your clinical package 
because uh, obviously it is different if you have let's say environment where maybe just randomized controlled trials rcts are being accepted or whether maybe even kind of single arm or real world data might be acceptable depending a bit which kind of product you have in your hands additionally for sure we have discussed about that a couple of times now also with ron is the understanding of the current cost level the cost environments so where are and how are current kind of services or other kind of products being reimbursed just to see in which kind of environment your product might be launched just keep in mind when for example the first new biologics were launched they have had a price 10 20 30 times more than the current kind of stand of care at that time and that is obviously something important keeping in mind and it's also going back to what ron said about improvement of an existing product or procedure versus an innovation and finally for sure a company independent whether startup or not need to understand at least on a top level basis the reimbursement market access environment and just before we end i also just want to again quickly introduce max insights which is our artificial intelligence solution for early reimbursement planning where all of those information are also available at your fingertips. So contact me, contact the website on maximizeinsights.com to find out more. And otherwise, obviously, happy to join or happy to have you join the next kind of episodes for my podcast. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.